Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Four free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. We know that Monday is not your favorite day of the week, but we hope that we can do something to make it a little bit brighter. It's Monday, July 17th, and we're glad that you're with us here. Whether it's on the Super Talk Mississippi Network of Stations or online, it is the Eagle Hour, talking all things Southern Miss. Kelly Sander, along with producer-engineer Michael Mergens, we're in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson is in the Southern Bancorp studios in Laurel. Joining us in just a moment, Jeff Taylor is going to be joining us. He's the director of the student union at Southern Miss to talk about all the different camps that Southern Miss houses in the off-season, so to speak, the academic off-season and the athletic off-season. Then Darren McCaleb will be joining us a little bit later on as we get a kick out of this uh, Monday's show. This first segment is always brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Dickie's has been with us from uh, day one, and you can always count on Dickie's to put together the, the best type of uh, barbecue whether it's uh, and catering, whether it's a small event or a large event. Leave all of that to Dickie's Barbecue Pit and a wide variety of side items, which makes that uh, barbecue pit and the barbecue tastes just a little bit better. Dickie's Barbecue Pit right outside of uh, Turtle Creek Mall here in the Hattiesburg area. Joining us on the phone right now is Jeff Taylor, as we mentioned, the director of the Student Union at Southern Miss. Jeff, we welcome you. We know that even though the Southern Miss students aren't there in large numbers, a few you know, summer school students are there, but by and large, most of them won't be invading the campus until mid August, but you guys are, are busy with all sorts of different camps, whether they're athletic, whether they are academic. You've got a bunch of them going on. Let's talk a little bit about that today. If if anybody is hosting a camp, they have to start kind of at ground zero, which is where you are is kind of at ground zero. So let's fill in some blanks here. Certainly. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me today. Sure. Yeah. So, so okay. We, we Let's say I want to, I'm, I'm a I have a cheerleading organization, a national cheerleading organization, and I want to bring a, a camp to Southern Miss during the summer. Tell us how all this works. Yeah, so uh, our events, camps, and conference office is based in the student union here, and uh, we've got a, a website for our student union. They can go to usm.edu slash union, or they can give us a call at 601-266-4399, and they'll get one of our team members. We've got three professional staff members in that office. And they uh, basically make the magic happen for uh, any camp organizer who's looking to utilize the beautiful campus here at Southern Miss. So, for example, you mentioned a a cheer camp. Uh, We have a partnership with Varsity Spirit, 
who hosts about seven camps uh, on our campus every summer. And so, you know, a, a cheer team that might want to get involved with one of those camps can reach out to us and we'll help them get connected with the folks at Varsity. Or if it's uh, a different cheer organization that wants to start a new camp here at Southern Miss, they can reach out to us and we, we help coordinate everything for them. We get them connected to beds. We get them connected to meals. We get them connected to the facilities that they need. And so, like I said, we're kind of those uh, connectors or those coordinators to, to make the magic happen for them so they can have a great experience here so you've uh, got, during their summer camp. We've got cheer camps. Those are the ones that you normally see the cheerleaders out on campus practicing their stunts and whatnot. But you've got band camps. I know drum majors. They used to have a specific camp for drum majors. There's camps for just about every different uh, event, including academics. Right, Jeff? That's true. So we've got quite a few academic camps. And uh, you know, we, in our office in events, camps, and conferences, we're, we're hosting these camps, but each camp is kind of run by a different organization or a different group, right? So we've got some scholarship camps like the Mississippi Embraer Research Scholars. We've got some intern camps like the Polymer REU interns and the Chemistry REU interns, and those are college students from the state of Mississippi that come to campus and uh, get some experience here in, in those different areas of interest. We've got some camps for Southern Miss, like current Southern Miss students, like a summer bridge camp. And then there's some camps for high schoolers, like the Gen Cyber Camp, the Broadcast Boot Camp, if they're interested in, in communications and broadcasting. And then there's even a couple of uh, camps for elementary and middle schools uh, for academic uh, pursuits, the Leadership Studies Program and the Gifted Studies Program. So if you're a parent out there who has some, some kids that you would like to send to an academic camp uh, over the course of the summer, you know, we can get you connected with those folks as well and, and get you plugged in. Now let's talk more specifically about sports. This show tends to revolve more around sports. So when when Will Hall, for example, has a, a youth football camp, for example, does that do they go through you guys as well? You have to coordinate through them? So that's a great question. It's really the camps that involve an overnight stay that work through us because we work very closely with our housing and residence life department to make sure that all the beds are in the right building and that we can house the correct number of, of uh, campers and for how long. So the, the football camps and the baseball camps that happen on campus, if those are just day camps, they don't work through, uh, through us. Same thing with basketball, the men's and women's basketball camps. Because there's not an overnight stay, they just work directly with athletics. But we do have a few camps that do have an overnight stay involved, such as volleyball and tennis camps. And we work very closely with those groups to uh, make sure that those campers get the meals they need and the housing they need and so on and so forth. Luke, I know back in the day, you know, you, particularly in baseball, you hear a lot of college baseball coaches say, we identified player X, Y, or Z, you know, when he came to one of our camps when he was, you know, 12 or 13 years old. So um, it's not unusual, you know, that college coaches lay their eyes first time on some of these athletes at these camps. Yeah, and, and some of the nostalgia with me was when when I went to Jeff Bowers' football camp, I actually stayed in Vand Hall, may she rest in peace. And, uh, you know, years later, I was staying in the same dorm for two-a-days where I came to one of these camps. But, but Jeff, speaking of, uh, you know, facilities, and I'm glad you brought up the overnight part, I, I also went to leadership camps in another one of may she rest in peace, Roberts Hall of the Quad, and uh, we should say, though, you know, growing up, you know, kids my age, we would stay on campus in these dorms. Southern Miss has greatly upgraded facilities since those days. Absolutely, and, and I'm glad you uh, brought that up because we do use about 10 of the residence halls uh, to house these campers. 
every summer, but most of them do go into some of our newer facilities, which are at Century Park North and Century Park South. And, you know, it's, they don't call them dorms anymore. They call them residence halls. And it's because it's, it's a, it's definitely a different experience from when you and I were in college for sure. Yeah, I, I could just uh, there, there's just a whole lot of things that were just great, you know, about those, and you got to learn people. I, of course, I was on coming up uh, being a Southern Miss fan as a kid. I already knew my way around campus, but but Jeff, I mean, that's the benefit. It's not just the actual camp. You're getting potential Eagles on campus, uh, you know, in their teenage years and even even in, in their childhood years. Certainly, it's a huge recruiting opportunity for the institution. We're getting just tons of of elementary, middle, and high school students here on campus and they're getting to experience southern miss they're getting to kind of see what college might feel like and uh you know we find that a lot of folks once they get here they really feel at home and they really have their sights set on becoming a golden eagle one day so it's it's just a great um experience all around for the campers and it's a great use of the university's resources which would otherwise be you know those residence halls wouldn't be full in the summertime right so it's it's a great thing jeff what what percentage from summer to summer tends to be repeat business? That's a great question. I would say the majority of it, honestly. We've got some camps that are just kind of locked and loaded. Like every year, they're here. We know they're coming. We start planning well in advance. We get them all slotted for their dates and and for the facilities and the resources that they're going to need. But we do have room. We do have capacity to grow. Uh, We've got plenty of beds uh, on campus. And so anyone out there who is thinking of starting a camp or maybe they're holding their camp somewhere else uh, in South Mississippi, if they uh, would reach out to us, I, I guarantee you we could find a, a, a setup that would work great for them. What, what are the biggest camps? What, what subject matter brings the most kids to campus? I'm guessing it's probably yeah. bands and cheerleaders? It's definitely the, the cheer camps. Uh, we have... a about, I think this year, the latest number I had was about 2,100 campers. Uh, so 2,100 cheerleaders and potentially future Golden Eagles uh, are going to be on campus or have been on campus this summer. And so volume-wise, that's definitely the biggest one. But the band camps bring a lot of students. There's a summer drumming camp and that drum major and color guard camp that you mentioned. And then, of course, all of the athletic camps, whether they route through us or not, they bring a ton of, of potential Golden Eagles to campus. And, and as we begin to kind of wind down our conversation, you mentioned earlier that, that some of the camps are overnight. It seems to, back in the old days when I was growing up, it was always overnight camps, that that was part of the experience. What percentage of the camps now are overnight, and what are just, uh, are, how, what percentage would you say, uh, and this isn't, you know, earth-shattering, you know, news or facts, whatever, but what percentage would you say are overnights, and what percentage are day camps? I would say that a majority of them are still overnight camps because, to your point, it's all about that experience. And, it's you know, the parents don't have to, you know, pick them up and drop them off. And so they can drop them off once and then be be child-free for a whole week, uh, you know, depending on the camp. So most of them are overnight camps. But the ones that aren't overnight, again, there might be some camps happening on campus that just because they don't route through our office, we're not really as familiar with those. Um, but a vast majority of them do seem to have that overnight component. Well, the campus is always hopping, whether the college students are there or not. Jeff Taylor has filled in some blanks for us. He's the director of the Student Union at Southern Miss. Jeff, thanks for joining us, man. Good luck. Continued success. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time, and uh, Southern Miss to the top. To the top to you as well. We'll be back in just a moment. We're going to talk a little Southern Miss football as this Monday, July 17th edition continues in a moment.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. The Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast can be found on a variety of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Or you can just ask Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. This segment brought to you by Campus Bookmart, open 24 hours a day at campusbookmart.net or in the bright yellow building right across from the main campus in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street, Campus Bookmart, where right now all the football attire is uh, being loaded onto the shelves so you can be among the first. Look, let me give you a little bit of advice. Even though that one of the colors at Southern Miss is black, you do not want to get the black attire for the earlier games. Black absorbs heat, and it's going to be a little bit warm earlier in the year. So you might want to look at some of the white you know, apparel or, or things like that. But it doesn't matter. Campus Bookmart's going to have what you need. It's your one-stop shop. Kelly Sander, along with producer-engineer Michael Mergens and Luke Johnson from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We are going to talk a little bit of football, uh, specifically the schedule, in just a little bit. Media Day scheduled for the Sun Belt next week. On July 26th and 27th, they've got it broken into two days. The Eagles will be on the first day, July 26th, where Coach uh, Will Hall and a couple of his players, uh, including Frank Gore, of course, will be there uh, in New Orleans at the Hyatt, I believe. And that'll Sheraton. be Sheraton. Sheraton. I, I always get those big, big name hotels mixed up. Yeah, the Sheraton in New Orleans is where the where Media Day is going to be, and we'll be down there uh, talking not only to the Southern Miss crew, but all the teams that Southern Miss is going to be playing in the Sun Belt this year and get uh, the Eagle perspective from other coaches and players who are going to have to line up against the Eagles. But in the meantime, a lot of things happened over the weekend dealing with other Eagles of note, Luke. Yeah, they did. Matt Warner gets the call. He's back up with the Twins. So that's something you could probably, even from South Mississippi, hear the Minnesota Twin uh fans screaming for for Walner to to come back up and you know a reason why earlier this year you know with the twins who's batting 368 and uh really made a lot of noise um at the at the minor league level when he got sent back down so far on the season in his minor league statistics hitting 291 11 home runs 47 RBIs 50 runs so uh Walner will be in a twin uniform uh, this evening up in Seattle as the Twins take on the Mariners. No, Jack's happy about that promotion, Jack Duggan. But uh, congratulations to, to Matt Walner. And, and we, we reached out to him last week during the All-Star break. Uh, he was he was hanging with, with family, but he will be on the Eagle Hour uh, at some point in, in the, the near future. So always appreciate Matt and his willingness to, to come on the show. But that, that's big, Kelly, another Eagle back in the major leagues. Why it's so cool, too, is because we consider him, even though he's a native Minnesotan, Right, So the Twins fans can certainly claim him as a hometown boy. He played for Southern Miss, so we can kind of claim him as well. But the power of this show, we were just complaining, kind of. Um, Of course, it's not like us to complain or whine on this program. (laughs) 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 Yeah, about anything. But we were just saying last week, Twins, what are you doing? He's wasting away down there with your AAA team. And this is a Twins team that is lucky enough to be in that American League division, that they could win. I mean, they, yeah. you know, they're, they're not even 500 or maybe one game over 500, and they, they can win that division. Yeah. So the, the White Sox are ter- terrible. Oh, so, sorry, Murray. What about those Tigers? <laughs> they're terrible. See, t- tigers are, <laughs> rotten. are really, really Yeah, bad. they stink. Everybody, the Guardians could maybe give them a run. But, I mean, all of the teams in that division, 
you know, 500 is a good record for them. So the Twins are, are you know, in a, in a playoff hunt, even though we still have about half the season to go. So it makes yeah. sense for them to pull Walner up. Uh, Walner up, also another Eagle getting a promotion. Tyler Stewart, and he, he's somebody to watch, guys. Uh, so far um, this year in, in the minors, 4-0, and 89 strikeouts in 81 innings. And uh, he's got a one five four ERA. He was at high A, got promoted uh, to the Binghamton, Binghamton Rumble Ponies. There's another minor league mascot up in uh, New York. And what did Tyler Stewart do in his first double-A start? Six innings, five hits, one run, one walk, five Ks, 61 strikes on 93 pitches. The Mets are Really excited uh, about this guy. So uh, Stewart gets promoted to Double A. Has a fantastic start to uh, start his new promotion. So good for him. And the Mets are a team to really watch in the future. They've they've been down for a while, but they have been putting some really good pieces in place, in my opinion, uh, the last couple of years. And they're going to be a team that contends this year uh, for the World Series. So we'll see. Good stuff. Uh, coming up next segment, my old partner in crime, Darren McCaleb, going to be joining us, and uh, we're going to be reminiscing a little bit. 20 years since we won the conference uh, that year in 2003. Not since the last time we won, but yeah, it's been 20 years since that 2003 championship team. And Darren and I uh, and had a lot of memories together. Kelly and I will visit with Darren in the next segment. But, Kelly, let's rest of this segment, and, and something we'll probably do, not not every week, probably every other week leading up to the season, just can't get enough out of this schedule and the, uh, the the challenge of it. We've talked about the non-conference. Maybe start here. Uh, you know, as you analyze it, four out of the first six games at home, four out of the last six games on the road. But when you look at uh, some, of, <laughs> some of those games, look, Will Hall has even said this is the toughest schedule that he will ever play here. And when you look at schedules even in in the past, in the recent past, if that's not an oxymoron or whatever, uh, this is this is the toughest schedule Southern Miss has played in a in a long, long time. So um First time in a few years you've had two power five teams on there. It, it's not just that though. I mean, you 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 go to Arkansas State, and I feel like you can win that one. Um who knows what Texas State's gonna be coming in with, with their new coach, and of course they got Finley transfer from uh, from Auburn and then you get Old Dominion but then back to back at Mobile at Boone you get ULM at home and then at Lafayette at Starkville and then you get Troy at home and you see that Troy I mean they're they're the bell cow of the, of the west right now so you thankfully you get them at home but you got to wonder uh, that's the Saturday after Thanksgiving uh, hopefully gold we will have a great season and people will be there but you know the student environment's going to be down a little bit and so that that's your most impressive conference home game but man back to back in at mobile and app to start the second half of the season i think there's a really good chance for us to be four and two if you play well um against Tulane and you take care of business the rest of the way you could be five and one at the break boy i uh that i would love that uh, I would love that. Now, keep in mind that not a snap has taken place, so nobody, no team, no, and we don't wish this on anyone. But you know, foot injuries are a big part of football. So a lot of all of the team's futures in this season is going to have to do with you know who's available, who can start, who can't start. 
Uh, how deep are you at certain positions, which the Eagles are deeper than they've, than they've been in a long time at all the different positions. But, but just before any of these snaps have been taken, when you look at that schedule, you know, you pull out that pocket schedule. Every fan does this. You know, they kind of circle, should win that one. Mm, probably not that one. Should win this one. Is it fair to say, though, when you look at that, Luke, just on the surface, you would think that the Eagles will, will of the of the games that they play, they, they might only be favored in five of those games, maybe. On the back, the back stretch, this is where it gets tough. We won't be favored in the South Alabama game. Probably right. won't be favored in Appalachian State. Right. So I would agree. If you're four and two, you might be four and four through eight. If you're five and one, you might be five and three. You you think you're going to get ULM at home, so so that's yep. win five or six, but then there's a chance, man. If you don't play good, you might end with three losses: Louisiana, State, and Troy. And you would think that on paper, the only one that you might be favored in is a Louisiana game, but it's on the road, so you might actually be the dog in five of your six last uh, five of the of the the last six on the schedule. And and I think the the team the team that's not getting a whole lot of love and all the preseason prognostications are the are the Eagles. But again, nothing new there, right? The Eagles have always played with a chip on their shoulder. But a team, in my opinion, that's getting way too much love is Louisiana. I'm telling you, you heard it here first. The Cajuns are not going to be near as strong as everybody seems to think that they're going to be. And I don't understand where Why? all of this is coming from. So why? Why, why do you say that? I, I just well they you know they made the coaching change uh, last year which you know didn't and and normally if it's a new coach coming in I'm saying who has no background information on the team you know brings in their own coaches a complete makeover that's one thing but the coach was already on staff right that they just they just promoted from within so it should have been seamless it it was it was not the season. That, that the Cajuns had hoped to have. And and I just, just just with some of the moves that they've made, I don't I just I don't know. As Quasimodo said, call it a hunch, whatever. I just don't I just don't <laughs> I think they're gonna be a team that's gonna, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I just don't if, think they're gonna if, be that good. If you're four and two or five and one in the first half, then three and three, I think that second half is acceptable. And it, I'm telling you, if, if you go five and one, you got a whole lot. There's a chance you might go two and four on the back. And and if you're going to play Mississippi State, why not play them the week before they play Ole Miss? That's the best time to play them. And coming off a, a real nice win down at, at at Lafayette too, so it'll be it'll be fun. That that's why we're here is to speculate and throw opinions that really don't matter out there. We appreciate you for listening. Hey, we're going to take another break. Darren McCaleb, former All-American kicker at Southern Miss, joins us as Eagle Hour continues on Monday. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Monday. Happy to have you along with us. Fourth Street and their 995 lunch brings us the third segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Fourth Street 
proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Appreciate Slade White and his crew over there. Luke Johnson, Kelly Santer, Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, really excited about this next interview. Anytime, get to talk to any of my old teammates. Uh, it's always special. But this guy was my partner in crime, okay? And uh, he will tell you to this day that in spite of my holding, he became a three-time All-American. Darren McCaleb from the Mississippi Gulf Coast joins us. What's the great Datmo, how are you, sir? I'm all right. What's been going on, buddy? It, not very often um, do you have two, two, a kicker and a punter that have consecutive numbers. We were that. Um, <laughs> you were a lefty. I was a righty. So because of your left-footed, I didn't know how to hold for righties when I went to Detroit. So I appreciate that. But anyway, no, man, I was joking with Lauren over the weekend. Bro, it's been 20 years since we won the Conference USA Championship your freshman year. It's kind of scary, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Talk uh, about talk about coming in, Darren, because I've, I mentioned this to our listeners before. Coach Bauer didn't sign kickers, and me and Hallman and Hannah and the other guys, you know, we earned our scholarship, and that was that was different for you coming in. He signed you, and then he signed Barefoot, and uh, it, it paid off. I mean, you were you were all American your freshman year. Yeah, I was I was well aware that he didn't sign kickers, and uh, on my exit interview, I made sure I, I um, thanked him for that, <laughs> and was kind of proud to be the first one ever signed. I didn't know he's going to go back to back with it, which kind of kept me on my toes. I'm kind of glad he signed barefoot, uh, you know, to keep my work ethic up. And even though we were different styles, he was more of a kickoff guy and punter guy. I was a go guy, but it worked out, and you know. If you listen to Coach, he, he always knew what he was doing. <laughs> he did. And, and Kelly, if, if you didn't know this, Darren is from uh, the home of Reggie Collier. Reggie might tell you he's from the home of Darren McCaleb. But anyway, they're both from, from Diablerville. But, but Kelly, I'm telling you, it was it was rare in those days for us to sign specialists. And uh, and, and Darren came in and, and won several games for us that year and other years. Well, I mean, kickers are supposedly weird enough, but then, Darren, you're left-footed as well. I mean, what was it about your skill set, though, that made Coach Bauer go against uh, his normal tendency of not signing kickers? What do you think it was? Well, I, I was there when it happened. It was against Louisville. That that was. I think he was already leaning. Him and Mitch Rodriguez were already uh, coming down and visiting me and talking to me before this. But late in the season in 2 uh, I came up to a game, I think Thursday night, Louisville and uh, nothing against Kurt. Kurt was a great kicker. He just had a bad night. You know, he went one for five, and they <clears throat> wound up losing the game because of it. And I think that's what really sent him over the edge. He's like, "We gotta, you know, we gotta get one, use one of his scholarships on some, some somebody that can come in and you know, hope we get the job done, and hope that isn't a good enough job for him." Now, now, high school soccer is certainly more popular now, uh, but but back then. Not like you guys are ready for the retirement home or anything, but high school soccer was probably fledgling then. Did you play high school soccer? No, my dad was a true athlete. He, he saw I had. A, I grew up playing soccer. I flew. I played every sport. But my dad was a true athlete. He and he he got asking around. He pulled me out of soccer. And and and, and once I started kicking footballs, I never kicked another soccer ball again because. Momentum, momentum and, and kicking field goals, you got to go forward. Soccer balls, when you kick it, you kind of lean back. So once once I started kicking footballs in fifth grade, I never kicked another another soccer ball. 
You you got to realize too, Kelly. Though, like back in the day, so so my first two years, Chad O'Shea, who's the passing game coordinator for the Cleveland Browns, he was our special teams coordinator. So sometimes he would have us evaluate tape on guys we wanted to bring in. So I remember my redshirt freshman year, they said, hey, there's this kid from Diablerville. We're going to watch it. So most of the time you get, like, multiple angles on these recruiting <laughs> videos. You get behind, and Darren knows where I'm going with this. So McCaleb's video was, like, was like as far zoomed out as it could be. He looks like he's about two inches on the field, but he's kicking the ball from 50 yards. Darren, I, I'm, I'm sure you remember that recruiting video. I do. Uh, my dad, uh, you know, bless his heart, he was, he was my main recruiter. We're, I mean, we're down here going undefeated every year at Dallasville, and I'm not getting any, any looks. And then he bought a, a camera and started doing our films for our game. He's be- we had better game films with him than we did at our, you know, our own press box. But yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't very good film. He, what he, what he went to the top of the Avril Stadium and just filmed it from the 50 yard line. But he didn't know any better. But it, look, it worked out. Coach O'Shea and, and Coach Rodriguez, they uh, came down and started evaluating, and, and the rest is history. So your dad, your dad was the first helicopter parent, as they're called today. Is that? <laughs> I guess he he was all into it. I wouldn't have went as far without him. I'm sure. Hey, did you, Darren? When you, when you grew up, did you watch NFL kickers? Did you have a favorite uh, kicker growing up? Well, I mean, I, I like the mom. You know, Morton. Morton was a guy down here, and he's left-handed, left-footed too. Right. So he, he probably was my. Even though he's a little older, he's always been my favorite. Where Where do you? I, I watched every sport. I mean, I never. Kicking happened to be like the last. Like I was baseball all the way until, till the end. And you know, I wasn't a really good scholar, so my, even Coach Bowery said, "Are you going to pick baseball? Or are you going with kicking?" My dad looked at me. He's like, "Dude." You're a Caucasian center fielder or a diamond dozen. Let's, let's, let's kick the ball. Well, it, it, all's well that ends well, right? <laughs> but Coach Bauer did give me an option to play baseball. I just I just never went to Corky with it. You know, I was just happy where I was at. So I wound up starting as a true freshman. I felt like my hands were full, you know. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, <clears throat> you look at you look at that season particularly, but but you look at your career, and I was thinking about this the other day. I was hearing some people talk about the Big 12 and the new teams, and they were talking about Nippert Stadium, and I was like, oh, yeah, we, we won there. We uh, we Darren kicked a field goal, and we beat Cincinnati. And then somebody, Central Florida, you know, the best recruit club. I was like, oh, yeah, we skull-drugged them at home my senior year, right. your junior year. I mean, it's just amazing how all these programs now and, and P5, I mean, we used to drill them back in the day. Uh, it's not fair. It's not fair. Like, but yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's like, but people don't have old memories. You have to. It's, it's more like a "What have you done for me now?" thing. They don't really. It's like they always think Memphis had a good big program, and look at Tulane now. I mean, we I've never lost to them. Like, I just wonder, like, what happened to us, man? Like, we had so much momentum until you know, like two thousand seven, and then. I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's kind of frustrating, man. At least we got go baseball. Back, go back to uh, to Nippert, if you would. The the the, the game at Nippert. I, I think I think Damian started that game. Damian Carter started that game. Um, right. And and uh, but Dustin had had a, a bad game the week before, but then he came back in and had a great game. But man, that was a tough climate for you to make that game winning kick. Well, I didn't have a, a good night that night. I think I I, I shanked the extra point. And then I hit a, I hit like a 28 yarder low, and even the one that went through got tipped. It was a weird night. Um, 
I remember <laughs> he brought that up. Remember my sister-in-law had dyed my hair. It looked like a cheetah, so you shaved it. So I yes. seen a picture of that Nippert Stadium the other day when I was coming out the field. I had a bald head. <laughs> Like Kelly, um, hazing wasn't, uh, you know, it was being phased out big time. But but Darren kept that tradition up. He came in and he had a, I'm talking about a bald razor shaved head when I got done with him as a freshman, Kelly. It was rough. Well, which which is, now being a left-footed kicker, this is going to sound, this is going to sound like a stupid, well, probably is a stupid question, but uh, tougher to hold for a right-footed kicker, Luke, or a lefty? You've held for both. Supposed to be easy to be able to hold for uh, for a righty, but I mean, I just had Darren the whole time. It, it was serious. My junior and and senior year, when I had to hold for foot, I wouldn't know what I was doing because I was so accustomed to holding for Darren because I did it thousand reps every day. So, right. what, so what's the key to a good hold, Darren? Uh, having the having those laces already, even put it down. I mean, Luke, Luke, you know. Like the college kickers and stuff, but some of the kickers were the best athletes on the team. Luke was a really good athlete, man. I I kicked always had to I could kick the best balls whenever he was holding. So uh, he just he had it ready to go before he even set it down. That's what you know because he practiced with it. He's, a, he's and some of that too, though. You know? Daigle, the way that Daigle snapped, Daigle actually right. snapped in the in the the tip of the ball was actually up like pointing towards you a little bit, so it caught my palm. I had other snappers, even at, at the lines, where they would snap, Darren, the the nose would go down, and you would have to, like, scoop the ball up. So a lot of that that you saw was, was for what Steven did, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't have done it without y'all. It was a, a tripod, you know. <laughs> Takes best, best memory. Uh, we got about 30 seconds left. Best memory for you at Southern Miss. Oh, man. I, I don't know. Probably when the de- uh, when the diploma came in the mail. At East Carolina, you know, finishing off. We knew we were probably going to beat East Carolina. They were the weakest one, but finally finishing off that year was was nice. And seeing coach smile from ear to ear, you know, in that locker room and over in North Carolina, that was you dumped him, special. didn't you? That game, or did you get him at TCU? Which one was the ones you got him with the uh, with the, the the water? Me and I thought it was me and you. We got him at home. That you was got him TCU. TCU. That's what yeah. it was. That's what it was. Yep. Good stuff. Sure was. Hey, bro. Great talking to you, and uh, appreciate your time today. All right, buddy. Y'all call me anytime. Darren McCaleb, all-time leader in tons of categories, just like Kelly, the guy you had on a couple weeks ago, Danny Ratman, two greatest kickers, um, place kickers in, in Southern Miss history. Pretty cool. Good left, uh, left-footed kicker. The first one I remember, John Smith of the New England Patriots. That was his real name. We're going to come back and tell you a little bit about a lot of things when Monday's Eagle Hour continues after these commercial messages. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training. On Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, dbathattiesburg.com. Kelly, Michael, and Luke from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Eagle Hour finishing out on a Monday. Greatly appreciate uh, my buddy Darren McCaleb. First all-time in kick scoring. First all-time in field goals. First all-time in field goals attempted. 
first all time in extra points and extra points attempted. You know, Kelly, he said he shanked that extra point. Um, he didn't shank many of them. He only missed six in four years and uh, was right at 79% for uh, for his field goals. And I, there was one time uh, we were at Alabama. This was the pro throw catch. You remember it was, the, it was right after Hurricane Katrina. And we were driving down the field. It was it was the early fourth quarter, and, and it was a tight game. They cut the sprinklers on magically in Tuscaloosa. I know you never think anything foul ever happens in, in Tuscaloosa. But the, the – the sprinklers came on, and we st- it was like a five, six-minute delay. Offense stalled. I went out, and Darren was kicking out of a puddle of water. Like, I was kneeling right near a sprinkler head. And so, you know, not all misses uh, are, are the same. Um, there's There was just you know, one, one was a, a blocked PAT against Cal, uh, of course, that night that Aaron Rodgers played in the Rock. But I'll tell you what, man, me and that dude, we had some fun times on the field, off the field, in the dorm. Uh, last thing I'll, I'll tell you. So we always – we would either take an old-school Nintendo or our PlayStation 2 on the road. And the funniest thing ever is introducing the young guys on our team to old-school Nintendo games or trying to get them to play Tiger Woods on PlayStation. Guys had no concept of golf. It was great. But those are, those are just memories – that you you keep and of course Darren was in uh, Lauren and, and mine wedding and appreciate him coming on the show today. PlayStation Two that was, dude. It was twenty years ago. Yeah. Now Michael, you've got you've got a youngster at home. What what are we up to now on PlayStation numbers? PlayStation. I have. We don't do plays. She's playing a Nintendo NES. Wind Pigler's throwing up five over here. Okay, so PlayStation five, five now. Okay, yeah, okay. But if she's on an NES, bro, that good for you, man. Yeah, we're not we're not going beyond nineteen ninety in our house. In well, fact, looking at remodeling, you know, everyone's trying to modernize their house. Yeah. I'm looking at the, some wood paneling, and yeah, we're going back to when orange times carpet? were so much better. See, I, yes, because I had orange <laughs> carpet growing up, and I miss it. The Something shag carpet. Now. Yeah. Uh, I it hated it as a kid. Didn't want friends to come over, but now thinking back, it's it, a midlife crisis. It was either the Brady Bunch orange yeah. or the uh, avocado green shag. I wish you I know, had cut the, like a sample of it just to keep for the, the rest of my life to remember. Those are the two like. colors you know, back in the day. You know, Good old days. It winded down the month of July, but I'm telling you, life beginning to – we talked about camps that are on campus at summer, but it won't be long. Before some of the athletes at Southern Miss will start to appear on campus. In fact, the soccer team will report on August 1st, which, of course, just a couple of weeks away. And not only will they report on August 1st, they will hit the field for their first exhibition game on August 4th. 18 days. Now, you talk about athletes that you have respect for. You've been out in this heat, everybody. Can you imagine playing soccer in this type of heat? Uh, and rocking and rolling, you know, running however many miles you run during a regular soccer match, soccer players are going to be doing that uh, soon. And the pride of Mississippi is going to report, you know, in early August. We've got uh, the director of the band, Travis Higa, is going to be joining us not only later on this week to talk about the Drum and Bugle Corps uh, competition that's coming to the Rock next week, but then he's going to unveil the pride presentation coming up, you know, this fall. And volleyball, Luke, right behind soccer. So, I mean, the, the athletes at Southern Miss will start, to, will start to come in. Of course, we'll learn next week at Media Day about uh, how soon the football players will be back. And 
pretty soon we'll be off and rolling with another fall semester. And being yeah, in I mean, band during the, when the heat's like this, I would rather mow my lawn at one o'clock in the afternoon than go through that again. That was the worst. We can talk about this another day because we don't have time to hit it, but the MHSAA actually put out like an advisory, or I think it was like a rule, like if the indices get over like 105, you can't do anything outside. I'm like, all right, then we're, we're not going to have band camp. We're not yeah. going to have practice. We're not going to start games in August or September until like 830 at night. <laughs> but They're going to do what baseball players up north, the baseball teams do with sending them down here in the winter months. They're going to start sending all these players up north where it is a little cooler, not much, but... Well, one of the one of the things the MHSAA can do is shorten the playoff schedule. Yeah. Either that, shorten the playoff schedule, where not everybody makes the playoffs. And I know it's all about money. I, I get it. Or they can shorten the regular, especially with the more classifications that they've added now. They went to adding a seventh class this year, so districts are going to be smaller. So why not why not shorten the regular season? Mm-hmm. If you want to have the playoff season be longer, uh, the well, way it is now, fine. Lose out. The schools lose out. I know a lot of times we say it's the MHSAA, but the, the schools lose out. Back in the day, bro, two teams made it. Four teams didn't. And, right, but uh, I mean with, with more and more districts now, shorten the regular season and don't start until you know much later, You know, maybe we'll mid to late September even. Yeah. Hey, tomorrow, former Southern Miss golf great, now uh, coaching putting and short game for some PGA players. Tim Yelverton from Old Waverly is going to be on the show tomorrow. Yeah, the British Open coming up later on this week, and there will be some names that you're going to want to follow that. And we've got so many more great shows planned uh, in the coming weeks. Bob will rejoin us tomorrow. We hope that you will do the same. So from all of us to all of you, until tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss to to the the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.